Hey folks, Gerald Kirk here, and I'm excited to share that this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast is supported in part by the Alabama Humanities Alliance, a state affiliate of the National Endowment of the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast episode do not necessarily represent those of Alabama Humanities Alliance or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Now, let's get to the show. Yeah, tell us. So, so you've been, I know there was, so I mean, you could be in Montgomery from the, the short time that I lived there. I, you can be in Montgomery and you'll walk out in the Capitol Hill area and you'll see like old cars from the 60s and you have to wonder if you like time traveled really quickly because you don't know <laughs> what's going on. I don't know if I don't know if this is around the time that they were filming Selma or whatever, but I know that they do this often where they are often filming and they bring out those cars to be a part of the set and everything. And I remember right. you, again, I think you were telling me one day in the office, you were, you might not have been acting in one of these, but you also do stuff like kind of behind the scenes, right? Like, mm-hmm. so what, tell us about that. I've been a stage manager. Um, like I mentioned, Jamala Filio, I was stage manager for one of her other plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a production assistant. Um, the movie Just Mercy. That's what my, it was. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, that kind of happened, I guess you could say kind of word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. I reached out to a friend of mine who at that time was working at EJI. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, do they need any help on set? Because they hadn't started filming yet. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, let me know. I'm happy I'll go volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to get paid. I just want to be there, you yeah. know? So he... Um, I had, I sent my resume and he passed it on. And so a few days later, I get a call from one of the assistant directors saying, hey, we got your resume through Brian Stevenson's office. Um, We'd love for you to come and join us on Monday when we start shooting. And that's what happened. I took off work and um, showed up early Monday morning. And when you say production assistant, people don't, get all the way excited about that particular job. It could be considered like the lowest <laughs> on the totem pole. Sure. Looking at me that day, you would not, not have known that I was having such a, a blast. Okay. I, I was enjoying, you know, taking snacks and, and, you know, filling out the extras, checking them off and this, that, and the third. And really, really enjoyed delivering lunch to Michael B. Jordan's yes. hotel. <laughs> chosen no that's wonderful that was the highlight but um and he was such a nice guy i was in and out and what happened was his assistant needed help taking the food that they had ordered Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i helped to take the food up there and i just kind of got in and out and as i'm leaving i heard thank you you're welcome oh my goodness (laughs) A really nice guy, just from watching him and observing him interact with others. Real mm-hmm. cool dude. And um, that, was, that was a beautiful experience. I, I really enjoyed just working behind the scenes, just being there, taking it all in. Mm-hmm. And 
that's that's what I've gathered just from talking to you. So again, you have been doing all these things. And that's why I want to talk with you and share these conversations because you got your hands in a lot of different pots and you get so much joy and enjoyment out of it. And it's, and it's so fulfilling and it's kind of infectious. I think that's why people <laughs> like having you around. Like, you know, it's so positive and you find the best in everything. And so, I mean, and I, you know, that's just, that's just great. Like you're getting all kinds of experience from this as well. So uh, that's why, that's the movie I wanted to talk about, I think was just, because I knew you had done something more recently. That's what it uh, was. Because that would have been 2018. Right, right. So there's that one. But then also, I want to talk about, you recently had a really cool achievement uh, on the stage. So let's talk about <laughs> that one before we Oh, my gosh. I am still basking in the excitement of that. Yeah. Um, Alabama Shakespeare Festival, um, Premier Theater mm-hmm. in the Southeast, they put on a show, a production called The Shoebox Picnic. It was their first show that opened um, post or after the pandemic had started. Mm-hmm. They opened up with that show. And um, I got a message from Greta Lambert, who has been there for years, you know, performing mm-hmm. and, you know, working in, in the capacity of the education department and so on and so forth. And so um, anyhow, asked if I was interested in being an understudy. (laughs) 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 Yes! And so um, she and I had worked together briefly when um, we both took part in a historical reading at the archives. And it was a World War I reading that um, she did and her husband, Rodney, and then myself. So we had worked together before, so she knew, you know, I guess what I was capable of. And um, so anyhow, she reached out, and I, I was able to get it arranged through work to, to go to rehearsals. But I ended up being what they call the female swing. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're the understudy for all <laughs> the women roles. And for that show, there were four ladies. Okay. So um, I was there going after work, leaving work early to go to rehearsals, studying the script, studying their, their placement, you know, mm-hmm. where they're going. Each person just trying to absorb as much as I could. So um, maybe about a week into it, Greta tells me, um, well, I hope that you're almost off book because you may get to go on for Gladys. And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> and, um, okay. So I think I found out on a Friday and I performed that Sunday. And when I tell you that was the most incredible thing ever, I used to volunteer as an usher at Shakespeare, like in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I remember back then when I would see the actors and see the, the casting photo, like, you know, one day that might be me. That's right. <laughs> and then to see that just manifest itself, I, I really described it. I felt like I was on cloud nine every single day going to rehearsal, um, getting to know the actors, you know, wonderful, wonderful cast there, mm-hmm. great individuals and just, being in that space, man, it was just fulfilling. It was just 
I don't know. So, <laughs> so tell us more about Gladys. So what, what was your character? What is the character? What was her role? Gladys was part of the family. Um, the, um, the family had traveled from up north to South Carolina to visit their mother because this family had moved up north during the Great Migration. Mm-hmm. And so um, they would come down like every summer and visit the mom who was still living down south. So because this is set in 1955, so of course with segregation, restaurants were not serving Blacks. So they would fix their own meals and put them in shoe boxes mm-hmm. and then stop along the way and have picnics on the side of the road. Hence the shoebox picnic. Mm-hmm. So Gladys was one of the sisters in the family. And um she she ended up when you, you find out later in the show, because she sits in the car the whole time, okay. you know, like which really helped me, by the way, to not have to think about blocking and positioning. Yeah. So she has multiple sclerosis. You find that out at the end of the show. Mm. But she was an auntie who, she was a sister who loved her niece and nephews who doted on them. And I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can relate to her on that. Um, she loved her family. You know, she's a beautiful, vibrant woman. She was married. Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing about the show is the play was based on the writer's family. Okay. So you're essentially talking about real people. Mm-hmm. So um, just just getting a chance to just sit in that and to really to feel that, you know, and to be a part of the experience of how how to make the best of a tough situation, mm-hmm. you know, the tough circumstances where mm-hmm. you're you're forced to eat on the side of the road because you can't be serving a restaurant, but still having that that joyous spirit and that love for each other as a family. Mm-hmm. And that's what you saw. You saw everyday people, you know, African-Americans, you know, having having positive experiences. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you can see them loving on their children and loving on each other. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, no one's bickering. These are very um, well-to-do, very um, talented people who, who know how to sew and, and make their own clothing. And mm-hmm. it's just beautiful to see that family dynamic and to see it in a positive way. Yeah. And to be able to be a part of sharing that with, be a- um, with audience members who, again, we I, I think, yeah. So actually, the, the previous episode was talking with Tatiana Hanabuta, who wrote a short story. And we were talking about the representation of black folks in media in general so like well, mm-hmm. she's a writer but we talk about in movies and stuff so to be able to see have these positive normal representations mm-hmm. of black folks i think i've been to be a part of that i bet it, was like really really rewarding it, it truly was um it just tells the story it tells another side of the story that people may not often see like outside of african-americans you know mm-hmm. you get a glimpse into our world and um you, you see the full story mm-hmm. not just a one-sided view of what the media may show mm-hmm. and you get to see oh 
we're really not that different. Right. You know, we're really not that different. Mm -hmm. So I I just enjoyed it. It reminded me of my own family, how close we are, Mm -hmm. how we come together. And, you know, we tease each other, laugh, joke, you know, sometimes argue. (laughs) But the love is going to always be there. So I I could appreciate that, just being a part of of something that I had experienced, but to see it in a different light, Mm -hmm. to be 1955 era. And it's an outdoor show. Oh, in the audience. Mm-hmm. It was an outdoor show, so we entered the set in those 1950s cars you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. We were in three different cars pulling up to the, the site of the play. The audience was sitting on risers, and then you had the grassy area, and then a little roadway for the cars to pull up. So that's how we entered, and then each audience member got a picnic lunch with their ticket. <laughs> So they got to eat along with us. Yeah. It was really, really cool. It was so cool. Um, like I mentioned before, the cast, um, incredible talent there. Most of them are based in New York. Hmm. And I just had a chance to just talk with them and get to know them and hmm. just ask questions, you know, and just to watch them work. You know, watch how they say certain lines and mm-hmm. then they switch it up and say it another way the next time. And just watching them, this work so effortlessly, but also so hard. Um, the director, um, she has, Tiffany, she has um, directed Hamilton, like the traveling. Oh, sure. Hamilton. So just being around people like that and watching them, you know, do what they do. And and it'd be out of excellence. Mm-hmm. So I could appreciate that. And I I am just honored. I tell you, it was like an I don't know, out of body experience, just sitting there <laughs> like, am I really up here doing it? I mean, I can believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I can believe it. And I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to do that. And I want you to know that I'm looking forward to the next moments, you know, because there's gonna be more. Mm-hmm. Well, I do need to mention one other thing that hasn't been released yet. It's okay. a film. Um, if you see my profile picture on Facebook, I'm in character for the film. And it's called... <laughs> you know, I gotta go look. I think I know what you're talking about, though. Is it all just also kind of set in the 60s? 60s, 50s? Well, she is. Her okay. attire, yes. My character. Um, the film is called The Language of Joy, and it is based on a poem of the same name. Um, uh-huh. Dr. Jacqueline Trumbull, she wrote the poem. She's here in Montgomery. And um, she wrote a book of poetry, and so that poem is in that book. So the film is based on the poem. And it's about a woman who um, is reminiscing, and she's sitting in the living room with her young daughter, her hair and she's telling her about a time in her past where she was just out on the town and feeling so vibrant you know and so joyful and she just describes strutting down the street you know waving at people and dancing and doing all these exciting things and so I played that woman and so it it cuts from the living room you play like the flashback woman so the woman who is 
it's the same woman. She's in her living room with her daughter in present day. Mm-hmm. Then she starts telling her the story from back when. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of start seeing it through the daughter's eyes, uh-huh. her imagining what her mother is describing to her. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So then it cuts to the woman strutting downtown. So here I am. I'm a woman. I get to play the lead character nice. in the film. That was so much fun. First lead role ever. Yeah. And I'm I'm strutting down Dexter Avenue. And I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the um at the fountain, you know, twirling around the, the, the fountain, the flag, the not the flag pole, but the pole, the light pole at the fountain, mm-hmm. and dancing in the street. You know, there are dancers with me, and it's mm-hmm. just amazing. Right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. So when does this come out? Do we know? Does it have a release date? I'm I'm still awaiting word. Hopefully okay. soon. I know that um it has been shown not openly, but it was shown for some type of um, I think Dr. Trumbull, the writer of the poem, she did like a writer's workshop mm-hmm. and it was a virtual. No, no, it wasn't virtual, but it was a writer's workshop and they showed the film there just to the attendees, the few that were there, but it hasn't been released publicly okay so i haven't seen it yet but i there was one person who was at that that meeting and they told me i saw you in the short film or my eyes were drawn to you like you did your thing <laughs> so hey but as soon as i know something i will post it absolutely let me know let us know directly so we can make sure that we spread the word as well we'd love I- to to share that <laughs> so just real quickly um out of all these roles and things that you've done so far what's been your favorite The language of joy. Okay, the what you talked about. Yes, because I got to 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 just do what I love to do. I love dancing, mm-hmm. you know, as much as dancing. and just to have my first lead role and in that in that capacity, you know, it's like it was perfect, the perfect role for me, and I got to do it. I got to play it. Yeah, and so. But I, I tell you the the shoebox picnic is a very <laughs> yeah they're kind of they're kind of neck neck you know both yeah. experiences so um, that one um, I did an audio film that hasn't been released yet it's called the Hidden Heroes of the Montgomery Bus Boycott okay and um, that's going to be something really really incredible it's going to be part of a series okay. where they highlight different people who took part in the boycott that you may not hear as much about. Mm-hmm. So this one that I did was on Joanne Robinson. Oh, nice. So it hasn't been released yet, but that's another really great project. My first audio film. So yeah. we'll, we'll just see. Building this resume. I love it. I love it. Love to hear it. I love to hear Thank it. You. Um, so Definitely keep us posted on those. So we have a few more things. And this this question, so this we didn't do an episode last year d- during Christmas time because I think I was probably just overwhelmed. Um, but we got the capacity down. So um, now that we're kind of in the season, tis the season. Uh, right, right. So just since we're in the moment, um, and it's kind of taking a departure from the rest of the question, but just we're getting to know you. Uh, yeah. what's, what's your favorite holiday tradition so far? My family 
we get together on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And coming up, we would all gather at my grandmother's house. And her house was not humongous, but my family was. Mm-hmm. But all <laughs> we would all cram into her living room and we would exchange gifts. So my grandmother has six children. So they will all have like bad, like big plastic garbage bags full of their gifts. Mm-hmm. And each person would hand out the gifts, you know, going through their bag. So that's something that sticks out to me. Like every person we're in there, we all had our, our seat that we sat in. Like oh. who sat next to who? Yeah, it, it just kind of happened. It was like traditional, you know? Okay. And my mother had her seat where she sits in because she always got the most gifts. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that that grew to be a tradition. Like every year we would go and have our dinner, but then it came time to go in her living room, assemble there and start handing out gifts. Now we're just too big and she done kicked us out. It's like, oh. no, we can't. <laughs> so now we, um, <laughs> understandably, yeah. now we, uh, we rent a space now. And we go and we we have Christmas there. So, of course, we didn't do it last year, but we're going to come back again this year mm-hmm. and do our same gift giving. So that's something I always look forward to. And I mean, like when I say family, I mean extended family, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, yeah. everybody. So always a special time for me. And um, one more thing I'll mention that I personally like to do, Hallmark movies. Oh. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> The Christmas, the Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. I mean, I don't get tired of them. Um, got one playing now. It's on mute. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love, um, you know, it's just a really good feeling that you get. Just feel good movies. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it all. I just take it all in. It keeps me in a joyful spirit. You right. know, I don't have a family of my own. So I just kind of go into their world in the Hallmark world and, and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy it that way. So, so yeah. yeah, that's lovely. I love it so much. Um, I want to come to the family gathering. So I'm inviting myself. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. That's even better. You invited me. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, that sounds amazing though. I can just imagine because I know how big families can get. And so <laughs> that you guys would do that every year, come together. That's a beautiful thing. I love that for you. <laughs> Truly. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, you know, so you are, again, kind of like an Alabama, part of an Alabama legacy, I will say. You know, you, your family's here. You have decided to stay here, you know, because you have had the opportunity, I imagine, to, to leave if you really wanted to. I, well, I think we talked about last, that last time uh, when I saw you in your office. You were talking about, you know, you could have come to Atlanta and everything. So, but yes. you're there in Alabama. And so what about living in, in Alabama inspires you? The history. Sure. History of it. Um, I never, never get, even before working in the archives, I never, ever got tired of hearing about the civil rights pioneers and what they did, Mm -hmm. how they fought so hard, the unity of the people coming together, Mm -hmm. the bus boycott, the organization of that, people Mm -hmm. coming together for a great cause. And so um, that's what's always stood out the most to me. You know, where I am now, it's because of them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's what inspires me the most about living here in Alabama. Um, 
I, I will admit, I did not expect to live here for as long as I have, mm -hmm. you know, but it just kind of happened that way. And, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but no matter what, no matter where I go off to, if I go off somewhere and, and, and move away or temporarily, this is always going to be home for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I no one can take that away from me and no one can make me feel ashamed of it. Um, this is what bred me, you know, um, born and raised here and it shaped Tanisha. So I have nothing negative to say about my home state. Um, so many great experiences I've had mm -hmm. and nothing's perfect. You know, we have our issues, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, I can truly say that it has really, um, it's, it's been a great experience. It's growing up here. I've had, I've, I've been blessed mm -hmm. to have good experiences growing up in Alabama. Yeah. So, That's really know. heartwarming because everybody can say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's really beautiful that you can find, um, but you don't even have to find it. It sounds like it's like, it's just for you. It just sounds like it's just part of your experience. And I love that you, you see it as such. So um, despite, what well, is not even despite that, looking forward, you've had, you've been here for a really long time. Looking forward for Alabama, I ask this to everybody that comes into the show. Mm -hmm. What is your hope for the state moving forward? My hope for the state moving forward, I think about children, little kids presently. Mm -hmm. I, I want them all to have the opportunity to grow up and thrive. Sure. You know, to have, to be on equal standing, mm -hmm. definitely in education. I want, I want every child to have have a chance to to learn about Booker T. Washington, mm -hmm. you know, and so on and so forth, and, and be able to dream outside of their box, be exposed mm -hmm. to different things like I was in the band, mm -hmm. you know, and it could be other capacities for them. But I, I want children to be able to 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 see beyond where they are mm -hmm. and to know that the sky and beyond is really the limit. You know, there is no limit. Mm -hmm. And I want them to know that they're not limited by how they look, you know, um, or what they, I don't know, feel their talent may be or not be, or their, their capabilities. Mm -hmm. I want them to know they have the ability to, to, to progress and to succeed in whatever they want to do and to know they have the right to do whatever they want to do. Absolutely. I, I want, because I feel like the children are the future. Yeah. You know, so why not give them the full benefit to be able to grow and develop and be the best they can be? So. Wow. Well, I think I'm just going to have to forward this on over to the State Board of Education <laughs> and all those folks so that they know, you know. Oh, <laughs> this concerned Alabamian wants this for the babies and you better get <laughs> no but really though um, I, I don't think anybody would begrudge you for having that that hope because it's, it's very important 
Um, things can get kind of bleak and kind of scary sometimes. It's not even just in Alabama, but in general. Right. And, um, if you do think about the future in any kind of context or any kind of capacity, you know, we better be wanting these kinds of things for our kids. So that's really important. Also, just as a little introspective to my my life, you know, just been, you know, it's been difficult to tap into hope in general sometimes, you know, at, yeah. at the pandemic and we just had a really crazy socio-political economic experience mm-hmm. over the last four to eight to 10, 12 years, you know, it's, right. it's been wild. So hope is, um, what's the Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey song, but hope is frail, you know, hope oh. has been a little frail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hope can be frail sometimes but to be able to latch into that hope and, and, and dream that's Absolutely. really important and we definitely need that for our kiddos so thank you for sharing that Absolutely. and thank you in general for having this conversation it's been so I mean I feel like I want to we could talk and talk and talk for hours and hours um, I know we'll have to do this again off the air so we can get into some more juicy details about sure. your your experience. Was there anything else you want to share with the people before we head out? I, I, I can't think of anything specifically, but I will say that I am grateful um, for what I've had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, when I chose psychology as my major, I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. So when I left Tuskegee and started on this performing arts journey, I said, I want whatever I do to impact the world. And that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. But if that means doing it through my dancing and my choreography mm-hmm. or through performing or acting, acting and performing in that, in that capacity, because that's what's in me and that's the gift God has given to me. So I want to give that gift to others. Mm-hmm. So when you see me performing and when you see me kind of in my element, and you know, you're looking like, is that Tanisha? You know, <laughs> is that really her? And you see me go hard, as they say, that's why, that's the reason why, because I go so hard in whatever I'm doing, acting, dancing behind the scenes, because I want people who are watching to get something from it. I want people, by the time they've watched a show that I've done or what or dance that I've done, interpreted dance, I want them to feel uplifted mm-hmm. and encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, feel better than they did when they first sat down to watch. Yeah. It's not, yes, I'm, I'm performing and it's a show, but I don't necessarily do it for a show, quotation mm-hmm. marks. I do it because I want to help people. Yeah. That, that's what I want. So that that's what I'll continue to strive to do. And, um, you know, just ask God to, to really bless it and have his way in it. And I'm here for the ride, here for the journey. Hey, baby, we are on the journey with you. Thank you have it, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tanisha. That was amazing. I really do appreciate you talking with me. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. And there you have it. This concludes my conversation with Montgomery-based performing artist, Tanisha Thomas. 
I'd like to once again thank Tanisha for chatting with me about her life, her careers, her family, and her aspirations. I seriously can't wait to see what else she does with her talents. The music heard in this episode was created by Birmingham-based music producer Jasmine Garfield of Art Intel Media. I'd like to thank Alabama Humanities Alliance once again for their support of this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast. Be sure to check out the great work that they're doing across the state at alabamahumanities.org. Finally, I'd like to thank you, listener, for joining in with us on this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to be notified for future episodes of the show. The second half of the season is going to be even more exciting and engaging, so don't miss out. Until then, be easy.